Yo, family, I don't even know how to introduce this episode. I just finished recording with my brother, Chris Fent. We've been boys since college, two strong, he's 6'4", 250, or 260. I'm 6'2", 250, muscle. But we're talking about real emotions. We're talking about addiction. We're talking about fear. We're talking about panic attacks. Yo, this episode has me reeling. Like emotionally and making me want to just hug those whom I love and just thank those who have encouraged me. And this one is a it's a deep episode. And the beautiful thing is that he and I are gonna link up again to keep this conversation going because a lot of us are battling a lot of different addictions that we don't know it. A lot of us are struggling in such Different ways, and you're right. This is why we're doing a podcast. So, load it up, get your dumbbells ready, because we moving some weight today in search of hope. Coming at you now. I think we all can agree that life is hard, and it hits us in the roughest of ways, but somehow we keep getting up and moving forward. How do we do that? Have you ever lost a loved one or got diagnosed with something so gnarly? Got your heart broken? Just had so many rough things happen. How do we get up? How do we look for the light at the end of the tunnel? Well, you know what? We're going to find out together. We're going to go looking for it. This podcast, In Search of Hope, with me, Ugo, we'll be together on this journey. And if all else fails, we'll have each other. In Search of Hope podcast. Let's do it. Off to the races, bro. Uh, what? What? We got my brother, Christopher Fent. I've never called you Christopher, but and I apologize for calling you now. Sir. <laughs> bro, how long has it been? I was just thinking that same thing. Whoa. Oh. At least five. At least five. At least five. But I don't think I saw you for more than five. Yeah. No, no. Jeez. Yeah, it's it. I want to say, dude, I say five because I still think I'm 30. I'm 32. (laughs) Bro, I'm 33. Seven, at least. Yeah, yeah. I I remember I sent you a message when, like, I think you had a, I think when your daughter was born. And I don't think he responded. I, I thought, all right, well, maybe, you know, he's different now. He's a father. Oh, he's, I'm different. Him- he's different, all right. <laughs> I tell you that much. He's different. Very different. I was like, you know, I was like, you know, let me respect it. But that was really off of my own insecurity, though, you know, where oh, it's like, you know, that. where it had that, nothing yeah. to do with you. Yeah, you yeah. just had a daughter. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe he's not checking his Facebook yeah. Messenger. But, but in our own heads, we, all, we always know what other people are thinking, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's more so what was going on in my head yeah. versus whatever was happening with you. Yeah. But I got to say, this guy is huge. Like, I thought, I, you know, I thought I was, I was high. <laughs> legit, I legit felt small when I hugged you. <laughs> I was like, I can't remember. Man, okay, maybe it was in September when I worked out with my homie. But that was the only time. Like, you see, I need to be hanging out with you and working out with you. Because I need to work out with people who are bigger than I am. Yeah. I'm also pointing at you. This well, is I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Materialize me. 
That was funny. One of the one of the first things I remember about you back when we met what was uh, I was what nineteen twenty when we met on a ski yeah, trip. Ski weekend. trip. Oh boy, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I introduced myself and my crew as the Verizon Network that night before I walked into some random person's house. <laughs> I cannot believe the things I've done, but yeah. I, I remember you were one of the first people that I met in my life that was like, wow, this guy is big. Like, he makes me feel small. What? Yeah, I remember like first time I was talking, I was like, whoa, yeah. what? <laughs> damn, he's going to crush me. <laughs> Yo, I, I appreciate that. You got, you know, muscle guys respect muscle guys. Yeah. You know, I went to the gym today and um, I was like, let me try to keep it. Let me try to keep it chill. Had a hard work week. Um, I was going to save legs. To, for tomorrow mm-hmm. so i did like calisthenics i did the row machine mm-hmm. and then um i realized my lower back isn't like firm uh-huh. like my upper back is firm uh-huh. but my lower back just and that's where my i feel like that's my core no, my so weakness. confident <laughs> yeah yeah right like you feel it when you box you feel it when you run mm-hmm. you feel it when you wrestle and it's like yo my lower back is a liability but then when i work it yeah my lower back gets super tight and hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's like my, um, like biochemistry or, or biology, but it's funny. I, I have one of my, the greatest blessings and curses in my life. Like I got Lyme disease, um, like 10 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, one of the ways it manifested was like in my spine. So like, I like got the worst back pain in the world. I like, think about like someone shoving an ice pick, like through your back and just like twisting it. Whoa. And it was like, I'd wake up every night, like in the fetal position, just like curled up in a ball and just like nothing you could do to like, you know, you like, you, you catch that, like that cramp when you're gas and you're sprinting hard and there's yeah. like, you're like fighting with the floor, like trying to find a position <laughs> that, just, that makes you feel a little bit better, but nothing does. You're just like. It's just like total despair of, yeah. of pain and suffering. Um, it was like that, but like deep in my spine. Ooh. And like ever since then, like if I wasn't deadlifting or if I wasn't like lifting, my back would hurt. Whoa. When I would lift consistently, the pain would be gone. Like my muscles could compensate for whatever mm. was going on. Same thing with my knees too. Like if I don't squat, yeah. my knees hurt. If I squat, my knees are bulletproof. Wow. I don't know if it's like... I say it's just proper form yeah. makes for for proper and efficient biomechanics, but you know, I've, and I, I've taken a lot of clients through some of that stuff where, you know, I, I've I, everyone you know, there's always that whole like oh, squats are terrible for your knees, deadlifts are terrible for your back. You do them right, they're the best exercises you could do in your life. They're the only exercises you could really the only two exercises you really need in terms of like training legs. When I train legs, I'm a guy who, like, I walk into the gym and running joke is you you come in. For like 30 minutes and you're gone. <laughs> I come in. Wait, no, I, you? Yeah. Really? I walk in a gym and my only goal is to do one exercise. Just one thing. And I do that as best as I can. Really? Yeah. I don't like to overcomplicate things. You know, people come into the, people going to the gym these days with like their 17 exercises, <laughs> their, their 42 different rep ranges, and 70 seconds rest, but then 30, 30 second water break. And that's just like, there's way too much going on. And by the time you get through like the first six exercises, you're, you're like, you're still thinking about all the rests you got to do. It's like, you haven't even, you don't even remember doing the first like half of your exercise. Yeah. Like, I just want to go to the gym. Like I just know, all right, 
good or bad day. Like I go and I can say, like I have a bad day, but it's like I only got to do one thing. Yeah, and I just got to do it as good as I can. It could not be. It could be better than last week. It could be worse than last week. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all relative to how I feel that day. Ooh. So when I go in, like some days I squat, like I'd say. So let's see. Squatted last week. I haven't been like really good on my lifting game. So I've been boxing, playing basketball all day, but. This so, is your playing basketball and boxing frame? Well, when I say I haven't been lifting a lot, it's like well, once or twice a week. This so. is your once or twice a week frame? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I snowboarded on, on, on Tuesday, so. <laughs> oh, oh, that's where the, that's where the gains came from. Dude, I tell you what. <laughs> I could not walk on Wednesday. If yeah. I wanted to feel 32, I found a way to feel 32. I went snowboarding. We, there was no lines. Wait, you we talking about up, in Vermont? Stratton, yeah. It was, what was it? Yeah, Tuesday after Martin Luther King. Shoot. There was, we had to bend one of like 100 people on the mountain. Whoa. It was literally off the lift, down the mountain, on the lift, up the mountain, down the mountain, just like back and forth. We, we hit like 30, 30 uh, no runs way. in like five hours maybe. Are you serious? Crazy. Bro. That drive home though. This <laughs> <laughs> is the whole time. Like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> a bad idea. I remember when we went up, for, we were at that, uh, that, snowboarding trip yeah years and years and years ago it was my first time going up there mm -hmm. and i remember i came home with such a bad bone bruise in Ooh. my in my uh glutes or not uh -huh. even glutes. this is your this yeah. bone bone bruising you know yeah yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> i'm not trying to be clean like with shin it splits, but in your, in your femur <laughs> you gotta work hard to get that yeah. <laughs> Yo, it was so bad and and my wrist too uh-huh falling so much bro it's not it's not as easy to, to bail on a snowboard than on skis bro you're going with it skis you just throw those things up on craigslist <laughs> get out of them and run <laughs> you, you tumble snowboard that's coming along for the ride the whole time yeah man not getting rid of that i remember i tried to jump over my homie um you know because you know because why because why, exactly. why i'm here yeah. you know i played tony hawk pro skater i figure since i played a skateboarding game yeah. i could physically do something snowboarding wise yeah. bro you know you know how instead of lifting with your knees up to bring it up i lifted my knees back i oh i've been there yes yeah. <laughs> this right is an instant uh-oh yeah. <laughs> listen like this is not how it's done no. <laughs> <laughs> they never come back. You're right. <laughs> they never come back. Throw a snowboard on your knees because that's where that's what's coming down. That snowboard goes off. Yeah, man. So now, <laughs> not to try to divert, but I'm gonna divert because we got you it's here, bro. Be a lot of diversions. Chock full of tangents. Man, um, yeah. Because now I'm thinking I want to go back to the gym. I want to head back and like you know, I feel like because I'm looking at you. And you know what? That's the thing. What we do to ourselves, we compare ourselves to people so much. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And we compare ourselves to versions of ourselves. Mm. You know, we don't do that enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me hear about that. Let me see. Oh well, we always it's. You compare yourself to other people. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find. You know, if you want to look mm -hmm. small, if you want to, you can find someone bigger. If you want to look ugly, you can find someone prettier. If you want to look fat, you can find someone thinner. You compare yourself to yourself competition becomes a lot simpler. All you gotta do is be better than you were yesterday. Well, there you go. <laughs> I wish we all competed with ourselves. I wish it was that easy to do that, right? Yeah. I still compete with everyone else because it's, it's there, it's there. Even if yeah. you're not looking for it, someone will pop up that looks bigger than you and nicer yeah. than you. You know, even like, you know, 
fucking mentally more eloquent than you or like more more intellectual something. something everyone's more something that's gonna make you feel insecure or inferior yeah and we'd love to feed off that we love we love feeling inferior that that, that drives me <laughs> you but it's like you you can use it for a good thing or you can use it to like just immobilize you yep where it's like you know what i i i, I shouldn't even try yeah you know what's such a trip so when we first met i remember thinking oh man that's there's somebody I, there's another muscle guy, another big guy, another loud guy. Oh, that's great. This could be a great friendship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then my insecurity started hitting uh, in because huh. I was like, man, but I can't be as free and wild as he is because I'm a black guy out here. You know, where it's uh -uh. like, so that's just what I'm thinking. Yeah, like, I yeah. can't fully go crazy because if uh, I fully go into what, you know, yeah, it's just maybe we won't be judged the same. Hmm. You know, um, so that was going on in my mind. Now, it's like, but also not understanding what is even going through your mind yeah. or the things that you're struggling, that you would yeah. struggle with yeah. because, you know, like coming up in a family where people know, mm -hmm. you know, successful dad, you're this big guy, all these expectations on you to be this, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. You know, let's, let's talk about some of that some more. Yeah. Well, I've, I always felt, it's, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I always felt like, you were the one who was free to just like be whoever you wanted. Mm. I was like, oh, I like this guy because around you, I got to be this. Like, I got to be like how I wanted to be. Like you were loud. You were you were yeah. like you were like center stage. weren't afraid to be. There. I was like, I want to be there. So I want to be with him. Like I want to hang out with him so I can stay there. Like and, and sort of hide behind you. What in a sense? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like that's the way I felt. I was like, all right. Like if someone else sort of takes the lead, then I can wow. just I can follow suit. And then like yeah. so. You don't have to be that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it, it crazy? It's wild, right? It's, yeah, right. It is a wild world, man. It's so much. I love. I honestly, I love like when you break it down. You get someone who's like honest and open, and you can yeah. talk about like the things you feel or things you like experience. Yeah. And they can sort of like see mm -hmm. that it was so far from what you thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Yes, guess we got that. So. Yeah, right. And then it's like, okay, now we take that, and then it's like, okay, uh, where are we now? Or like, well, oh no, no, oh, so many things like f just floated through my brain, and I was like, wait, 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 hold on to that, because you're how tall are you? Six four? Six four? Yeah. Six four? How much do you weigh? Probably like two sixty five now. Two sixty. Just muscle, but that's where you're at now. But you're also still a big guy then. Yeah, that's true. It's 10 pounds a day. Back then, I was at what, like 235, 240? Yeah, we were just 19, 20 with yeah. kids. Like, what do yeah. you, yeah. you know? But it's so it's so funny how, like, you take these, well, you, we say we alpha males in our, in, our, in our own respect. We just mm -hmm. are. Yeah. But there's still those insecurities that we all mm -hmm. struggle with. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, because we don't admit them, you know, or we're not open about them, and these insecurities cross racial boundaries. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, I'm thinking because you look like this, you must be free. And, mm -hmm. and you're looking at me like, oh, he must be free. Yeah. And it's like, we're all trapped in our insecurities. Yeah. yeah. It's like, a, it's like, it's like, you know, a beautiful woman. Like, yeah, they're trapped by the expectations that society seems to place on them. Yeah. Same way we are. Like I once had someone Turn around at me and goes, Jesus! You blot out the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
another guy because he was like, don't you get tired of that stuff? Like people just like making these like, you know, what's the word? Just like these ridiculous like comparisons to you, like who you are and like yeah. no one like sees what's inside. Ooh. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, it's whatever. Like it's everyone sort of sees what they see. But yeah, and it's one of the things I kind of like is, you know, for me is the juxtaposition of my, like, what I'd look like to my personality. Yeah. So, so, like, polar opposite. Yeah. That when people, like, and almost sometimes it filters out, like, people, in a sense, and, like, when people actually do take the time to get to know me, like, you are the complete opposite of what I thought you were. Most people, the first, I, I love when I get, like, first reactions from people. I um, uh, met some guy in uh, Scotland the other, last year. He comes up to me, he's like, when I first met you, man, <laughs> I thought you were a total douche. <laughs> like, oh, I met him. I was like kind of shy too and reserved. He's like, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, like I'm going hiking and this and that. He's like, oh, you got like a tent and stuff? I was like, nah. Like, oh, just nah. Got, just... got a jacket? I was like, nah. <laughs> like, you sounded like a total conceited like prick. <laughs> I'm going hiking without a, without a tent, yeah. without a jacket. Nah. nah I'm just... Nah. Just going. Yeah, nah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. And then, like, we got to know each other and, like, hung out. He's like, you're, like, you're totally different. Like, just, like, everything is completely the opposite of what I thought you were. But, I, like, I love that stuff. It's just, like, yeah, it's, it, the dynamic of the human, like, personality and the soul, everything is just so, like... Yeah. It just... Every time I, I, rem I think about, like, what I am, mm -hmm. like, I have to remember that everyone else is like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it helps me, you know... Be willing to flip through the pages of a book of a cover that I might not like, you know? That's real. And you also play piano. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I also have to make sure I get a picture of you that I post along with this, this episode so they can just see what I'm talking about. Because you legit look like a, you're, you're the size of an NFL player. And I'm saying this, and mind you people, I'm 6'2", maybe 250. And I'm looking at this guy. Like, I need work. I got to do some work. Isn't it crazy how just, like, a couple inches can just change? Like, never just... just. <laughs> it's like my, my brothers, I think, like, an inch taller than me. And, like, I look up to him, I'm like, I'm, like, staring at the ceiling. <laughs> I can't imagine, like... Like, I dated girls who were, like, 5'2". Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a full two steps. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's a three-step ladder to get, yeah. uh, to get up to me to, like, to kiss me. Like, <laughs> oh, my lady's 5'5", five, five, so we just, we just meet that place mm -hmm. at just, okay... 5-4 would probably be a little, you know, yeah. it's a scene, but 5-5 five, five is where I think that's a perfect uh, I, midway I, point. I always steal the short girls. I yeah. don't know why. I think the short girls steal the tall guys, bro. That's true. I mean, we both. We both. <laughs> right? we both. It's, a, it's, a, it's a joint effort, right? So, But uh, I don't know. It's like a big teddy bear sort of thing. Like, yeah. Oh, someone who's. Like the protection like, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Divergent. Wait. Segway. Segway. Nah, not even a good segue. You're a, <laughs> it's a trap door. It's a trap door trap segue. Door. You're walking and you just fall through. You're a dad now, bro. I am, yep. I have a daughter who's four and three months now. Yeah, okay. So, take me through. Nah, now nah, we're going to start interviewing you, bro. Oh, boy. Yeah, because I know there's a lot that has happened with you. Mm. And I'm going to let you dictate and, and walk us through because I don't know what's off limits. So I'm just going to... Nothing is off limits. Bro, you were married. Mm -hmm. You're no longer... Um, we are actually currently um, finalizing divorce. So 
You yeah. got how long? We've been separated for basically four years. So oh. just taking the time, kind of. This, there was no rush to do that. Like, yeah. We've been just working on on us and mm. you know being good parents and stuff. Yeah. So there was no like that didn't need to be center stage. What needed to be center stage was um, just figuring out how to move forward. Mm. You know, all this other stuff is just legal whatever financial I mean, she, she she can have everything for all i care so yeah it's um and she deserves it too so it's mm. you know it's um but like yeah so i was i was married um before that i was a uh, drug addict no way uh, yeah whoa yeah 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 they, they, they kind of like you can't you can't say one thing without the other because it explains the whole marriage child end of marriage it all kind of like take me through let's i had go we're gonna have to keep bro stepping back yeah well then like let's seven parts it's like a harry potter <laughs> series right now like you said like, well you know what this podcast deserves series and some stories okay. need to be told okay so let's, let's take a step back let's take a step back let's go back to my early 20s when i discovered um oxy so it was 20, 21 when I came across it. Um, and I dabbled in other things. You know, I enjoyed the party scene. I enjoyed the, the EDM scene. And mm. um, You do have breakdancing moves. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. They've only gotten better. They've only gotten better. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I, I got to say, you always got to rely on that one white guy that's your that's your friend you invite to the parties he's gonna bust out the breakdancing moves he's gonna hold it down so you know i appreciate you hey. you serve the community bro <laughs> <laughs> so uh, party scene someone needs a fool yeah. <laughs> I, am, I, am your, I am your man <laughs> yeah y'all shouldn't be laughing as hard as early bro <laughs> Oh, um, but yeah, back to you know early twenties. Yeah, so know. so I I jumped on that um that oxy bandwagon uh, around like twenty two, um, and it worked for a while. You know, did you um, find it through like were you did, did you? Get I, had a, I had a friend who introduced me to it, um, and uh, I didn't really take to it at first. I was like, ah, give or take, like whatever. Like there's other things that I do that I think are much more enjoyable. But help uh, me understand this, because so from a medical perspective, yeah. my understanding of oxy, like oxycodone, oxycontin, uh-huh. like pain medications, right? Yeah. yeah. So when you would take it, what would you feel? So um, we can go into the pharmacology of it too, if you want. I mean, help us out. Help us so understand. So um, oxycodone came out because as a, um, it was marketed as this pain management that didn't have all the addictive um side effects that typical pain management had at the time so there was this pill and also one of the things about it was that it could be taken in pill form people always assume that you know the stigma of um inhaling something or injecting something um if you take it like a pill not so big a deal you know you're not a junkie if you're just taking a pill yeah um and the reason for that is they discovered this formula that worked that could get past, you know, your your stomach acids that could then your body could break it down and utilize it. Mm-hmm. Every other means of pain management before that, you couldn't really take orally. Yeah. So this became like that first breakthrough thing where you could send someone home with pills and you'd be fine. Um, 
and they touted this whole like sort of like um uh, what's the word like more or less like a non non addictive mm-hmm. pain management and um the at the end of the day it has the same effect on your body as heroin does it's the same it really is the same chemicals um affects the same neurotransmitters all that so it's the same thing it's just in a pill form yeah um but um the feeling hmm I've heard someone describe it before and it's kind of like the best, the most succinct way I've heard someone talk about it was it's the feeling of like that high and not everyone can get it. Mm-hmm. Some people are lucky enough that they don't really get high from it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have a certain genetic expression that allows your body <clears throat> to experience that. And there's a few other drugs that are the same way. Um, and the feeling he described it as like being 80 years old sitting on a couch wrapped in a warm blanket looking back on your life like you did everything right whoa yeah wow yeah not just like joy and happiness but complete and utter peace like that's whoa the feeling and imagine being able to take that feeling and bring it through the whole day with you whoa yeah shoot did you ever achieve that level of that high? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. I finally did, yeah. You finally, <laughs> finally I did. Eventually. <laughs> persistence pays off. <laughs> you got to work hard, man. Yeah. Your hard work is a hard worker. Even drug addiction is hard. <laughs> Who would have thought? Like, literally, we're like, it's kind of like when they talk about heroin chasing the dragon. Mm-hmm. Where it's like... So that... You know... Yeah, so that... Chasing that dragon is chasing that feeling. Yeah. Because never as good as the first time. So every time your body builds up a tolerance and your body, even just mentally, like, you know, you experience something exciting. Yeah. It's exciting, right? It's, it's, it's new. The, the, um, and it's a completely different experience. You know, you do that every day for a week becomes a little bit less exciting. Yeah. So it's like that, like trying to keep, like, how do you re, um, how do you get that excitement back that you just experienced that was the greatest thing in the world? Shoot. And then you continue. You Soon enough, you realize, oh, if I take more, I can get closer um, to it. So you just kind of like keep taking more, but then you realize like, oh, if I'm, like, the more I take, like, it's kind of like starting to, like, I just have to keep taking more. And then, yeah. and then soon enough, it just kind of stops working. And then you're just like, oh, now I'm just taking this so I feel normal. Like, oh. So like that, so you're still getting high. Yeah. But you're not realizing that the, the typical bar of like a normal day that the average person has, mm-hmm. that's sort of set like, say, whatever, 20%, where they have that whole 80% of room to sort of like ebb and flow into like peaks yeah. and valleys and things. Like you're bringing that bar up to like 80% where you have to feel a certain level of like um, excitement and joy or whatever where that drug comes into play. Yeah. That you have to maintain that to feel normal. Where now, like without that, to be back at the regular basis of life, just feels like utter despair. Wow. Yeah. Despair. Yeah. That's a that's a real word right there. Oh bro. boy. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, I have never experienced like 
true despair than when I attempted to finally stop using opiates. So I was on them for um, about six years. Six years? Yeah. So for about, say, three of them, things were going really well. Yeah. Um, the thing about it for me was it wasn't even just about getting high. It was about high function. I could work longer on them. Yeah. I could. I was more tolerant to people. I was more social. I was more comfortable. I was more mm. personable. Um, I felt smarter, and I mean, my work reflected that. Um, everything seemed to be going really well. So, like, why stop? Yeah. Right? Why, yeah. Why? Everything's working. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's going really well. So. Yeah. I'm having a good time. I mean, I can stay up for four days straight. And like, <laughs> and we're good to go. Wait, like, really? Yeah. Well, that's that's with. We don't, you know, a combination no, no, no. Of, of other things. You know, what opiates weren't the only thing I was taking at that time. So. Oh, well, you got it. Okay. Yeah. What were so. you taking at the time, too? No, sorry. I don't want to get off topic. Yeah. But well, you so if you could think it, I was taking it. Right? <laughs> it was like that? Yeah. Bro. It was It was all, It was was in the name of science for me at that point. I was just like, see I what gotta just see, what, see what's what else out, is out there. there. I, so, get... I mean, at one point, I was taking meth. Yeah. Oh. Opiates with some heroin if I couldn't get oxy. Um benzos um every psychedelic um ecstasy once in a while which i really respect as as a, as a in its own right so i leave that on the side because um i did it maybe five times in my life and each time left a very noticeable impression on me and, and really so but that's yeah we're gonna leave that on the side that's for, it, another yeah. episode yeah so um, I have another, uh, maybe another episode would be what you saw when you took the psychedelics. Yeah. Ooh. That's another question. Yeah. I'm very curious about. Mm, I've had some really good, really good experiences, some really bad experiences. Ooh. All of them extremely valuable experiences. Well, then, now we have our podcast series. <laughs> <laughs> All in the yeah. name of the help someone. Huh. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, because people. I, this is legit without knowing this is the first episode even touching this topic oh yeah i didn't even think we i didn't there wasn't even my mind to go here <laughs> and then we started talking about it i was like oh yeah i mean especially nowadays man it's it is you know it's one of the most prevalent um issues we face because yeah. so we have this like forget about the drug and addiction itself mm -hmm. like that in its own right is, is a formidable opponent. Sure. Um, but we have this like cultural and, and societal malady where we're just like, no one's helping, no one's supporting each other that all of us are all like predisposed to, to be vulnerable mm -hmm. that when we find an escape, we're going to take it. We're going to jump on it. Yeah. Especially like kids nowadays, like everyone smokes, everyone all does yeah. like this stuff. And it's, it's like, it's okay. Um, and I'm not, I'm definitely not taking away from, like, if you want to get out of your head and you can find a safe means to do that, that doesn't ruin your life. Yeah. By all means, I'm not going to take away what, what works, you know? Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, so, and here's what, here's why I say that. Because sometimes when it doesn't work, it's the best thing that could happen to you. Really? My addiction, like, was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because it accelerated me to ask the questions that most people don't get to ask their entire lives. Most people don't think about. Mm. Like, being at, like, the, like, 
in the pits of despair and like hopelessness and despondency. Like I was sitting there questioning, what the hell am I like? What am I doing with my life? Like not even because of drugs. It's like, what is the point of everything? Yeah. At like 25 years old. Sure. <laughs> like just it's like going from straight like total elation, excitement, like joy, feeling connected with the world to just feeling so disconnected that like I'm just just alone. Mm. And like to experience that, like just helped me develop such a compassion for for human beings in, in general because I got to experience the full spectrum yeah. of that whole thing. Um, you know, all the anxiety, the depression, and all those things that come with those unseen struggles that most people, it's just out of sight, out of mind. Like you, people tell you like they're, they're anxious or they're, they're having a panic attack. If you've never experienced a panic, if you've ever experienced what it's like to like just be walking through your hallway and get thrown into a corner, like, like a physical, like, shot to your heart like as if you're gonna die and be able to sit there and rationally know you're not gonna die but still feel this way like if you if you ever experienced that like you can't really empathize with that in a way yeah it's just like oh man that sucks i'm sorry but someone tells me i had a panic attack i'm like oh man like i'm so like i know yeah like i know what that feels like now before that i would sort of brush it off like you know just Get your head out of the gutter, man. It's gonna be ten. Gonna be fine. The sun's out. Come on out. Now, yeah, I would spend like three days in the corner, like in my bed or in the like on my couch, and just like hiding from the world. Okay, panel. So bring us bring us through these panic attacks, because I don't know, uh-huh. but I've heard about them. I can't empathize. Help me, help me. So it's, and like yeah, to even like explain like the feeling. So it literally feels like. So some, a lot of times it manifests to me like, um, not like I was going to die, but like somebody else was going to die or somebody oh. like something terrible was going to happen. Yeah. And I could sit there and say like, okay, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And that would make it worse because then like intellectually, like my brain can't solve this problem because it's like, all right, I know something's going to happen. Yeah. And on this side, it's like, no, nothing's going to happen, bro. You're going to be fine. And it's like, no, but, but there is. And because like that creates a whole nother conflict in my head where like, Ooh. like I'm just having this argument with myself on top of feeling this, like my heart's like pounding through my chest and like, I can't breathe. And I'm just like sitting there, like, like just, there's like nothing you can do. Like, and sometimes like even like getting a phone call would spike it. Really? Yeah. Like oh, I, couldn't, you I couldn't answer the you phone. What's gonna happen? I couldn't answer the phone. Oh, Even like I would, I would, I would be having an okay day, and my phone would ring. Like oh, like uh oh, and just like, I couldn't answer the call. I couldn't look at the voicemail. I couldn't do anything. I still can't open up like mail to this day. Yeah. Not because like I know half of it's like, most of it's junk, but it's just like like I, I don't want to face what could like what could be, and like, it's and it's always like nothing. Yeah. But it's just like there's always that sort of like now it's I, I wouldn't say I really have too many panic attacks, but I saw sort of like an underlying anxiety that's sort of always there. Yeah, like... You just start, like, waiting to creep up. Yeah, 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 just like looking, it's there. Looking for a reason, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. kind of like uh, the volume is turned down. Yeah. But the TV's still on. Yeah. Oh, man. So yeah. when did that start? That started when I uh, actually quit opiates. So that was uh, four years ago. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I never, I never had anxiety in my life before that. And then when I stopped that, it was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess these are the... This is the gift of, 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 of not using. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, so I had no idea how to deal with that. So I just started using again other stuff. 
Oh, right after that, yeah. So you just rebounded into right to the right after the next thing. Well, my, you, my life has been a series of, of jumping from one drug to another. Wow. Yeah. So did we do we catch you in a uh, in a? Well, where are we finding you now? Um, four months clean. Congratulations, thank brother. you, thank you. Yeah. And I don't want to say anything as if to put more pressure on you that you know. Because yeah. if you do rebound, yeah, there's, that's, there's, you know, honestly, it's my yeah. life has been a series of mistakes, and and if there's anything I've learned, yeah, you know, it's it's just what you make of them. Yeah, you know, it's I've had you know almost a year of clean time before, and I've sort of, in a sense, I guess let's call it giving up. Uh, you know, I gave, I gave it a test run, wasn't for me. Tried something else. Yeah. Um, every time that, like, I would slip. Um, and go back, like something good came out of it. Mm. In a sense of like now a big issue, like a big thing that came out of this was like my family and us, we started talking more. Mm. So we realized like that dynamic wasn't working. We're good at throwing things under the carpet. Yeah, and That's the way we handle things. You got a problem throwing the closet, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and now it's like, we know that doesn't work. Yeah. So a lot of like, you know, my, my issues have helped to kind of shake the foundation of, you know, what, what I thought worked or what didn't, or like, at least yeah. just helped sort of shift my perspective. Like, all right, maybe we try something different this time. Yeah. You know? What so, made you, um, even get to the point of quitting the first time? Um, I thought, so I thought I was going to just die a drug addict. I figured like 30 is my mm. feeling, you know, let's just get there and we're good. Um, that was dating a girl. That's real. 30's my ceiling. I was, gonna, I, I, was gonna, I was gonna fight a lion yeah. and see what happened. That was, that was my end game. That was my end game. 29, going all out, training hard. Yep. I'm gonna get some nice, like, custom, like, armor made. You know, and go out into, like, the middle of Africa with a knife. <laughs> somehow, somehow, I thought this was gonna play out. I thought I had a 50 50. I saw it. <laughs> Just find that one line by itself without its crew. It just ate, you know, <laughs> full stomach. And just kind of pissed off maybe, but worst, worst case, it makes a great documentary. <laughs> Best case, I fought a line and I won. Like, so, I feel like it's a hero's yeah, exit. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, you know, how else? Ooh, that's a... I mean, until I met a girl who loved animals. And then but she, then, nah, that's and she realized, that's terrible. How could you do that to life? I'm like, hey, it's got an equal shot. It could kill me, too. It's my life, too. Come on, man. I'm, I'm putting just as much on the line here. All right? I'm going out with a rifle from 500 yards. Face to face. I could shake hands. Right? Yeah. Let's have a good, clean match. Yeah. You know? Jeez. Anyway, so that, yeah. was, uh, that was my five-year plan. <laughs> it's good to have plans, though. Hey, it's good to have plans, it's brother. Have plans, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you thought, so, okay, yeah. So I figured, yeah, I was, I was kind of content with where my life was. And I yeah, was, I was dating a girl at the time, um, and she, I told her I was upfront about everything, and she said, like, "Have you ever tried stopping?" It's like, hmm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never really gave that a shot, but oh, it's an interesting idea. Fascinating. Right, stopping. Uh, hmm. Okay, so like I gave um I gave it a go and I was using um some really strong stuff at that time. I was using what's called oxymorphone, which is Oh um yeah, it's 
That's a. It's about okay. twenty times more potent than oxycodone. Um, so especially if you know how to use it. So is that the uh, is that the uh, IV or no? So that was just so you, you can you can take that um, you can sniff it or you can IV it. Mm. I was never really like big into needles, so yeah. I um, I just sniffed it. So if you if you IV it, it can be forty times more potent. Shoot. So different kind uh, of commitment though. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was taking a lot of that, and <laughs> on on sound you know medical advice, it's like hey. I'll try stopping. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. My first experience into the oh whole what happens gosh. when you stop world. Whoa. Wow. wow. I swear, like, I remember that so vividly. Just a week of everything you can imagine that could go wrong with your body. Just oh, going wrong. Really? Like, Forget about like the cold sweats, the nausea, the vomiting, the diarrhea, the, just the hot flashes followed by chills, followed by soaking wet, just like being like thrown between like a boiler and a freezer, just back and forth. Um, the worst part about it was the restlessness. Ooh. Like if you've ever had restless legs, imagine like your entire body being restless. It's like, like your bones are trying to jump out of your skin. I used to belt myself. I used to belt my legs and my arms together just so I could, like, sit still. Whoa. Yeah. Um, plus, you don't sleep. So, throw that in there. It's like it's like being waterboarded, like, mentally. Wow. Um, yeah, so I remember that, that first um, experience in trying to kick was if I had had a gun, I would have I definitely killed myself. Yeah. But um, at the time, even like I didn't even know what I was going through. I was just like, oh, I'm trying to stop. Like this is terrible. But I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, like oh, this is withdrawal. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This is serious. Yeah. So I got through like a week or two of that, and I was like, all right, I stopped. I'm like, let's go back. Let's oh, go. Wait, so you got through a week? You got through two weeks of withdrawal? Is that yeah, yeah? Two weeks of that? Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, and the best part is like after like all the physical symptoms go away. Yeah. The, the emotional symptoms show up. Oh. And then you're like depressed lonely angry just like everything just uncontrolled yeah i'd be crying like every like 30 seconds just because i don't even know you name it yeah my bed was ruffled yeah it was, but it's just like yeah everything is just like, uncontrollable just like flood of emotions because i mean i you know you spent the last half half a decade putting all that stuff down never yeah. having to deal about having to worry on learning how to process them um, all that stuff is just it's all like new at that point yeah. Um, so yeah, so I went back, um, and uh, then that was like another, let's say like two or three years of just trying to. How did it? Every month, trying oh. to like jump on and off. So trying to quit every month. Yeah, it was. I would say like every every other month or so, I was I was withdrawing. Ooh. Yeah. That's a lot of withdrawals, bro. At least two dozen times I was. Yeah. Just so, even hearing that makes me exhausted. Dude, it was. When I finally stopped, like, it shocked me that I was willing to go back and forth, like, go back into that every single time. Like, yeah. I would get through it. But, like, again, it was that emotional side of things. Like, there was no mm. purpose to stop. Like, I saw no value in, mm. in not using because everything I loved and everything I cared about came from that chemical. Yeah. 
So it's like, can't live with it, can't live without it sort of deal. But honestly, like I, I was more comfortable living with it. Like I'll take my chances. If you can get me, I'm like, if I got to deal with this week of like feeling terrible, like, and I can get a month out of feeling good, I'll take it. Because like that was that that was my trade off in my head. Yeah, yeah, and it makes I, sense. I, I, yeah, and I kept like kept playing it, playing that game, kept jumping in and out of the water. Oh. But um, yeah, but when I finally stopped, like as far as opiates went, like I never looked back. Yeah, you know, I have no. I don't like I don't remember what that high was really like anymore. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I don't, but I do remember how terrible everything else was. How did you um eventually like get released from the opioid grip? Um I'd have to thank like my, my daughter for that because I went to rehab a month before she was born. So my my father came up to me. He's like, "Look, like you got a chance now to really like take this out." Yeah. And if you don't, like once once your daughter comes, there's kind of no turning back. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, "I'll take it." Like, <laughs> tried everything else at this point. Yeah. Oh, that was your um, first time going to rehab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How How was that? It was good. It was It was interesting. Yeah. You know, I have I have a difficult time playing roles. You know, so. <laughs> I was like, I was the star student of rehab. Were you? Point. Yeah. Like, the pressure doesn't stop. No. It don't, it don't, just, you can't no, escape it, no, bro. No. You give me a little bit of attention and I'll, I'll run with it. Man. You're right. You're right. You'll hand it up. You, I'll give you exactly what you want. <laughs> just, just give me that validation. You yeah. Know? Just make me feel loved. Yeah. <laughs> and Ooh. I will give you everything back. Wow. That's another podcast episode, yeah. my brother. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm gonna listen to this and take notes and like, okay, all right, <laughs> episode two, three, four. <laughs> keep going. This is a saga. Man, yeah. it really yeah. is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. But um, so you being in rehab, like, what was you know, what was it like? You playing roles? We talk, talk yeah, to me. So a lot. So you know, it's sort of like this happened. Like I was playing a role, but I was playing the role of someone that I wanted to be. Does that make sense? Oh, that's you know? a deep. That's a deep statement right you know? there. So I wasn't like fool, I wasn't lying. I wasn't fooling people. I was just trying to believe in myself in a way. Hey, man, I had that that struck a chord in my heart right there. Man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're trying to act like who you want to be, yeah. not necessarily who you are, yeah, but what you think you probably. Yeah, it's like it's be. like you know, like sitting here, like I want to be that fun, bubbly guy, but yeah. you know, you know. You know I sit at home for a couple hours sometimes. I'm like, yeah, kind of not such a fun, bubbly guy, you know? It's like, yeah. And, um, and it's not because, like, I wouldn't say, like, default-wise, like, I want to be social. I want to be out there. I want to be talking to people. I want to be like this, you know? Yeah. I want to be excited about stuff. I want to be, like, yeah. interacting and enjoying everyone's company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that goes with the whole, especially, like, uh, we can talk about the whole, like, social media thing and stuff now where... <sighs> You know, we're so connected yet so disconnected from each other that very disconnected. You know, we're not we're not getting what we need from each other. No. And when I'm alone, like that really manifests because like, yeah. I need social interaction. Like I need to talk to people. I need yeah. to see people. I need to to be in that element because that's what makes me feel good. Yeah. Like seeing what I, seeing what I can give mm-hmm. and seeing what other people can give me. Like that dynamic. Yeah. It's, just, it's so valuable to me. Yeah. Because, you know, 
people tend to to see the good in you, right? People mm-hmm. look at you and, and they'll be quick to point out the things they like about you. Yeah. We don't tend to see the good in ourselves, right? So when we're left Bro, we're preaching right when, now. When I'm standing there looking in the mirror, Ooh. I'm not seeing all these things that otherwise people are saying to me. So I forget about all that stuff. Oh, and I'm wow. just left with like all that sort of like negativity and the, like just you know that lack of self-esteem and it's it's so easy to just start feeding into that again where you're just like oh, what like what are you doing what's the point what like what's what, just yeah and, and like being out on the social world helps like buffer that yeah that, that whatever that is that's inside of all our heads that just yeah. loves to like put us down sometimes mm-hmm. or all the time but um and that goes back to the whole um what we were talking about earlier um I was watching this um, talk the other day about like imposter syndrome, mm. like you know, feeling like sooner or later someone's going to find <laughs> out, <laughs> and how that can neg- it's easy to perceive that as so sort of like the the effect feels so negative at the time, right? Like mm-hmm. you're so afraid of like, yeah. But that fear is also the greatest motivation to be as good at what you at what you're doing to ensure that doesn't happen. Yes. Like he's, this, yes. this guy said the best relationships, the most successful and, and healthy relationships people have are when they're with a partner that they feel is too good for them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because they're always going to want to achieve and strive to be good enough. Yeah. If they can use that and if they can outlet that in a healthy way. In a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Then I like, I love that. Like, I think yeah. that's amazing. Like if, if I'm, I, there's never a moment that I don't want to be a better person. Yeah. Unless I'm by myself. That's <laughs> In which case, yeah, we're heading a totally different direction. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that transmission gets a little wonky when I'm, when I'm by myself. I'll tell you that much. But when I'm like... <laughs> when I'm with someone who I connect with, yeah. just, you know, having a... Just... I see that, like... I, I see what I want and, and I'm, I'm motivated to, to get it. Yeah. I'm motivated to be that person, not just for me, but for them too. Mm-hmm. And... Like, this is sort of the same thing in rehab. Yeah. Now it's like, I see what they're trying to get. I want to give it to them. Yeah. It's not like I'm just, I wasn't just going through the motions. Like, I was, you know, I was dealing with a lot of, like, I was bringing, I was an open book, like, yeah. trying to bring out all the trauma, like, past, whatever. Yeah. Even if I didn't think it was, like, that big a deal. Um, I was just letting it out. Yeah. So it's like, this is what they say helps, so whatever. Like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and it did help, you know. It, it, it started that it opened up that that chapter into sort of like getting rid of all those defense mechanisms that just didn't work. Yeah. You know, all those things that they seem great at the time. Like they, um, I read once, you know, we bring these childhood scripts that worked for us as children. You know, the whole like attention seeking and, and crying and sort of like the petulance of being a child. When you're a baby, that works really well. Yeah. You, know, you annoy someone enough, they're gonna, they're gonna give you what you want. Right? Yeah. As an adult, it doesn't work so well. <laughs> Not at all. But they're so hardwired in us that we still use them yeah. like on a daily basis where it's like, oh, this person did something, I want something out of them. I'm gonna be annoying until I get what I want. Yeah. When there are so many more effective means to getting what you want that don't have to have like such a corrupted dynamic. Man. So, ooh, uh, when you were, uh, you just said a lot of 
lot of deep stuff right there. <laughs> but when you talk about one connection to people, mm. you know, mm -hmm. like I think that is something that general generationally we've we we're losing very mm -hmm. quickly, mm -hmm. and it's even documented where like you know with the invention of the TV and home systems, people stopped being in more community groups, um, bowling leagues, basketball clubs, whatever. Yeah. And we become more, you know, insulated because mm -hmm. you have everything you need in your house. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to the movies at Netflix. Oh, yeah. You got microwaveable popcorn. You, you go, go to the grocery store. You, you, got, you, got, you got everything. Yeah, grab everything. You got Amazon you come, Fresh. You got everything. Everything. Peepaw, to, whatever, yeah, whatever. Everything you want. To you, though. Yeah. So you don't have to go out. Yeah. You don't have to go outside you don't have to of yourself. Answer the door. You don't even have to answer the door. <laughs> you don't have Just to. ignore it. You get it in 10 minutes, all right? It'll be, it'll be sitting right there. Don't worry. No so, interaction necessary. That's crazy. But then all, let's say, all the while, you'll be scrolling on social media, mm -hmm. wanting to interact. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, dying um, for that connection. Yo, and I remember our, my parents used to have people over at the house all the time, but it was generational. We'd be at somebody's crib, they'd be at our house. And you have all these people hanging out. And now I'm looking at it and looking like the epidemic of male loneliness too. Mm -hmm. Because we can have so many friends we can reach out to, but we don't remember. No, so, yeah, we're not like allowed to. to yeah, 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 yeah. This you is call your friend to tell him you're sad. Yeah, as a man, you know. Yeah, or you start what? a podcast and have your friends come over, yeah. like me. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. You beat the system, man. Right. You beat the system, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. But you're here, and and, and I I realized that I, without so I knew I started the podcast and wanted to reach out to people mm -hmm. and let people know that they're not alone in their struggles. Yeah. But in doing so, I realized. I'm constantly hanging out with my friends. There you go. And talking real stuff mm -hmm. for about an hour and a half or whatever. But I'm seeing them. I'm setting up uh, the time to hang out with them. I'm actually seeing them. And I realize, yo, I'm getting so much for just having people just be around. Yeah. That blew my mind. So now I have to keep this up for how long? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fringe benefit, right? Yeah. Right? No, uh, it's, it's, yeah, that thing about, I mean, one of, um, one of my passions is, is psychology and, and, you know, one day I will, you know, pursue that, but, you know, the aspect of, um, you know, helping people and listening to people talk about what's going on, you don't realize how much that that helps you, mm. you know, that, that, that different, even if it's just the different perspective on the same problem yeah, or if it's just hearing that, you know, someone has it a little worse than I do today. You know, things like that gives you, like, gratitude and appreciation for what you have. Worst case, you know, you got to talk for a little bit. Worst case is a great case. It's a great case. It's a, it's great, a great case, case given the, the modern, you know, schedule most people go through where, you know, the only real interaction they have is probably, with like, some of their work colleagues with that. Mm. And that's funny because that seems to be, like sort of the most concrete social structure a lot of people tend to have these days is yeah. with their work colleagues because they're the only people that they're forced to be around yeah. for the whole day which is great i mean i love that that's still possible but then you have a lot of people who live like the digital nomad lifestyle where you can work from they home don't have that either yeah yeah i can work from home apparently you can do surveys every day <laughs> and make, from what i'm hearing you can make a ton of money just doing surveys so <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, know, it's so crazy when people talk about, oh man, I wish I could work from home. And it's like, do we need to be more isolated though? Maybe, maybe I need to be up in that office, <laughs> yeah. you know, for my yeah. own sake. Yeah. Because, oh, I get in my head, like oh. like you said, oh, I get in my head, mm-hmm. start thinking about, what am I doing this for? Like, I'll wake up and be like, just, uh, an, just another day, we're going to, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go, then I'm going to, I'm going to be back in this bed in a couple of hours, I'm going to go do it again, <laughs> and it's like, you're kind of working towards the next event in life, yeah, yeah. like, great, uh, I want to become a nurse, I'm a nurse, uh, I want to be this, I'm a this, mm-hmm. uh, I want to try that, it didn't work. I'm trying to do this, but then you start thinking, okay, what's the, what's the point? Yeah. And then I, then I started realizing um, that, that's what my barber told me. <laughs> my barber, who's like, we have these sage conversations, my barber. Age old uh, wisdom. Right? Yeah. He was like, <laughs> he was like, why do you think God created us? I was like, you know, and I was supposed to be like, you know, being a Christian for this amount of time, I read my, mm-hmm. I read my Bible, I like to pray, you know, all that, you yeah. know, like, yeah. which you, you know, which yeah. you're supposed to be. Yeah. And um, I was like, I don't know. He was like, he created us for each other. Mm -hmm. And that's all he said. Mm -hmm. And it resonated with me because, yeah, that's exactly it. Mm. We can't make it alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying. No, yeah. you especially know what I'm saying, actually. Um, as I point at him again. Um, we can't do it alone, and we're never supposed to. No. And so even the fact that, like, we sometimes, we kind of start feeling purposeless because we're looking um, we're looking at w- what can we get out of a situation? What is this situation doing for me? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Man, but what about that person that you interact with what about your friends yeah what about you know when we have kids what about our kids what about cousins brothers mm-hmm. you know our mere existence can mean the world to somebody and you know like come on i know we've a lot of us have thought about checking out mm-hmm. like like i'm not yeah. what, what am i doing here like yeah. what's the point mm-hmm. and even if the thought has crossed the mind and left or cross the mind and stayed, mm-hmm. like it's crossed the mind and that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Totally mm-hmm. natural, I think. Yeah, it's like, come it's, on. You gotta ask, sometimes you gotta ask those questions, right? Yeah. If you haven't, I don't know if you really lives. <laughs> right? I don't know if things have gotten honest. as bad yeah. as it, you know? Yeah. Where you're like, whoa, why am I even doing this? Yeah. I mean, you can't have growth without struggle. No. You know, no. Unfortunately, there's a terrible struggle that some people really do grapple with and I don't want to make light of it but at the same time you know it's yeah it's there's all we all struggle in our own way right yeah so I remember there was, there was a preacher in uh in, in California who he spoke a lot about suicide mm-hmm. and I always connected with him um and I didn't even want to dive too deep into what like like his sermons were or whatever mm-hmm. but I knew what he was doing yeah. and I really connected and then he ends up committing suicide mm-hmm. because he had struggled with that thing and there was something about it where I was like, yeah, yeah, I feel you, brother. Yeah. You know, where like you want to help people so much and you'll work at it with everything you got. Yeah. But that thing can still consume you. Yeah. Well, think of, like I look at it this way is, you know, that what consumed him, you know, as bad as that ending may have seemed for him. Yeah. Think of what. Think of how many people he helped. And I mean, he took that, 
like that darkness yeah and brought light to the world of so many other people yeah like in a sort of like a martyrdom type of aspect like mm. he may have he may have like i don't want to say succumb that sounds so like yeah whatever, yeah whatever however his his journey ended yeah he made the most of that time that he had because he focused on yeah. helping other people yeah. through what he was going through because he knew what that felt like right the same yeah. way of like depression anxiety all those things if you don't know what they feel like it's hard to really sort of like deliver a, 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 a an efficient message to someone but if you do that can drive you to to want to change the world to yeah. make the world better so that that next person doesn't have to suffer as much the next person doesn't have to be alone mm -hmm. and that i mean that's that that's a gift that he gave to the world yeah you know? it's like knowing that you may not make it that far you may not make it out of it mm -hmm. but i can help you guys get through yeah you know yeah one of the i mean that whole like checking out when i was 30 thing yeah as as much as it seemed very like cynical or or pessimistic mm -hmm. it helped me live my life much more you know if i if i felt like i was gonna live till 80 i want to start living till like 60 you know it's true when you can see the back nine year life and yeah things, yeah things seem to have a little more value at that point yeah yeah you know, it's like right, i might not be here tomorrow so yeah let's live it today absolutely and I, I, there's so much value in that because um i think i heard it once said um people start thinking about the beginning once they get closer to the end mm -hmm. and but yeah. if you don't realize you're getting closer to the end you're not thinking about what am i actually doing yeah how am i actually living this thing yeah because you know because you mentioned you having lyme disease i had meningitis where i was hospitalized mm -hmm. and i thought i was gone yeah you know i remember having to get the um two uh lumbar punctures mm -hmm. and they hit a nerve so when you talk about nerve back oh, pain yeah. i'm like uh, <laughs> <laughs> say no more <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let me stop you right there and say i feel you yeah. <laughs> feeling it right now bro granted yours ugh, ugh, but you know um so i thought i was gone yeah you know i, I was even making um uh, i think i was maybe 27 28 however however old i was in 2015 um but i uh i was bargaining with god i was like okay i'm single I don't have any kids. You should take me now because our relationship, <laughs> me and your relationship, God is yeah, good right yeah, now. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen we in the future. Good thing going here. Yeah, we got a good thing. Like just send on a high note. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let me check out now. It, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I said I was like I'm okay, God. Uh -huh. Let's just. Are you moving your teeth? Oh, huh? no. oh I don't. I don't <laughs> another, another French benefit of drug addiction. Right. No, no, this is nicotine. <laughs> got away it's, it's real for all the math yeah. my tea kept my tea it's a genetic gift sometimes you make it out sometimes you you leave with other gifts yeah oh no, i chewed i chewed tobacco for a long time so now they got these nicotine pouches that i found in uh europe it's like a godsend whatever helps you bro hey whatever helps whatever you get gets through. you through the day bro, whatever gets you through hey. it's hard enough hey um because considering what yeah no, no whatever helps you bro Oh. Everything's been a step down for me, you know? It's, it's like, as long as I'm stepping down, we're in good shape. Yes! Absolutely! And I have a very, I'm one of the most unorthodox approaches to addiction. I've seen a lot of therapists that are like, eh, I don't know about that. I'm like, I'm not going to stop. Let's get one thing straight. 
<laughs> I'll stop that. Yeah. But I still got, I got a whole uh, yeah, yeah. seven strings <laughs> of QBs ready to get in the game here. All right. I'm not going to just leave. I'm not calling this game. <laughs> so, but yeah. by, the, by the end of like, I'm kind of like getting my whole spiel out. And they're like, okay. Like, it kind of makes sense, I guess. So yeah. You work your way down, but, you know. Yeah, where, you know, like, if someone's looking to kick addiction, you know, and you listen to this podcast, make, you know, we all have different ways to do it, you know, and um, there's no one size fits all. Yo, sure. that's, yes, everyone is different. Mm-hmm. And, and if it works for you to get you, because who can, I don't know who can just, cold turkey is a rare thing. Nah, yeah, it's, it's very, you know, they're, cold, yeah. they're the lucky ones. Yeah. Yeah, like I just decided to stop when I stopped. Oh, co- oh, good for you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you you can decide too. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I've decided as well, and I'm not gonna stop. Right? <laughs> I've made my decision here. <laughs> like, no, but yeah, that's that's another part of like, you know, because in the church there's so many different things where people have addictions too. Like mm-hmm. whether it's addiction to food, whether, yep. you know, addiction to sex, whether it's addiction to porn, whether it's addiction to whatever. Emotions. Emo- Yo. Same, same chemicals that you get from a drug, you get from emotions. Same te- peptides are released in your brain. Yeah. That you can become addicted to. I'm, I'm addicted to negative thinking. <sighs> you real. get me in that zone. That's comfortable, man. Yeah, yeah I do this well. I'm I do negative well. When the world's going to shit, Yep. At least it's predictable. I yep. know where it's headed. <laughs> I don't got to worry about all the variables. We're good. <laughs> That's comfortable for me. Yo, that makes sense. Yeah. I was um even, um shoot, I'm going to, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Addictive. Addictive. I was about to jump on another tangent. <laughs> addictive. Addiction. Well, we need addiction. a vision board. Yeah, yeah bro. It's like, <laughs> if someone's trying to keep track of where we're going, they're like, there's I'm going to need a thicker production crew. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, guys, yeah, it's just the third time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like seventh or eighth. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to uh, like addiction, where people say, well, I just stopped cold turkey. Uh, and it's like, well, good for you. Yeah. You know where then you, you can look at other people and, and they can start, they'll start feeling bad about themselves. Absolutely. Like, like yeah. well, I couldn't do that. I've been struggling with this thing for like 10 years. Yeah. Like, how come I couldn't? Mm-hmm. But if maybe you just instead, because then, because once you start the negative thinking, it's like, well, then let me just quit. Yeah. I'll quit. How about that? How about I'll quit and I won't try to stop anymore? Yeah. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But if you maybe just moved the goalpost a little. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well, I may not be doing this, but maybe I step down. Yeah. To this right here. Yeah. And it, it goes back to the whole, like, who were you competing with? Mm. The guy who quit cold turkey and never looked back? Yeah. Or yourself? Yeah. You know, I decided that I wasn't going to compete with everyone else because their ways didn't work for me. Yeah. You know, I felt, I felt, you know, weak, unconfident, insecure, because mm. what they were always talking about was, like, wasn't what I was feeling. Yeah, yeah. They used to say things like, you know, your your best day being sober, or your worst day being sober will be better than your your best day being. I was like, hell no, it won't. <laughs> you haven't gotten high then. Like, <laughs> you don't know. And it's just like, just things like that, where it's like, yeah. again, this whole like one one size fits all mentality. It's like, all right, work for me. It'll work for you. No, it yeah. won't. It just, it just yeah. won't. No. Yeah. Everybody is different. Mm. Everyone experiences, everyone even like, you know, I think about like 
everyone has a sort of like emotional threshold. Mm. Like someone can wake up and their cat, you know, took a dump on the floor and that could be their threshold. Yeah. That to them is the end of the world. Yeah. And to me, I'll say that like, come on. But who am I to say that like her experience is, isn't as real as mine? Yeah. Like her suffering is not as real as mine. It's just, Ooh. it's a different threshold. We all have different thresholds. Yeah. And all things like that do for me is help me appreciate Mm-hmm. that maybe my threshold's higher or whatever yeah. you know for, di- for different, different things for different things yeah 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 because yeah, then that's my, my ego yeah, yeah. <laughs> my threshold's my higher yeah, my threshold's way higher way higher than that cat lady <laughs> you're gonna need a couple ladders to get up to my threshold <laughs> a scissor lift <laughs> my manly threshold let me take something from this <laughs> Man, where the heck were we? <laughs> addiction. We've been ad- addiction. We've um, man, because then because you know I've just accepted the fact that we're gonna have to just lay out your story <laughs> in different different yeah. ways. Yeah, you know we're just gonna have to go through that. Um, and I guess this you know because now we've already hit an hour and six Whoa. minutes, which you know did not see that coming <laughs> did not see that coming. that was that was that was wow okay but now what i um shoot yeah let's wrap this podcast up and then let's 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 game plan right. how we're gonna map out your story bro i like it i like that we can tell it yeah but before we cut out you know i normally have you know people leave them leave the people with something if you got any kind of encouraging words to get people who may be mm-hmm. suffering or struggling, maybe get them through a day. I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you got on you? I'd say whatever you're looking for, it's out there. You just got to decide what you're looking for. Shoot. We can look for the negative in life and we'll find it. Yeah. Or we can look for the positive and we'll find it. You know, I, I was always very good at finding the negative, finding the bad and things, you know, being miserable with my own situation. Um, and I didn't see value in looking for the positive. Yeah. And when I started just giving it a chance, things came my way, you know, that I didn't know were actually that I always thought there. Not even things like you have to work for, you know, like just change your perspective, change your mindset just a little bit, mm. you know, take a minute to just try and find something good. Yeah. Doesn't have to be great. Doesn't have to be amazing. Just something that you think is good. And that's a start. Jeez. Well, there you have it. Brother Fent. My man. My brother. Thank Love you. you. Love you. Well, yo. Peace.